Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore. And on this special episode, our cast members will share their top three recommendos of 2023. As you know, on each regular episode, we pick something that might be of interest to our fellow geeks, be it food, movies, games, music, or useful gadgets. And every year, we cull through that list and pick our favorites. That's what we're doing tonight, but would you like to suggest something for us to consider? Send me a link on our social media channels and hashtag recommendo when you do that. All right, guys, well, now that we've dispensed with the formalities, let's see what our investigators have chosen for their top three. Brian, why don't you start us off? My number three is the Topsy Pillows. They're a pillow that has a cooling side. So I purchased them when the weather was a little bit warmer, when it wasn't so freaking chilling outside. I'd get overheated, like most people, when they're sleeping. Just unbelievably comfortable. And uh, right before this, I looked up to check and make sure they're still available, first off, because sometimes you buy stuff off of Amazon and then six months later, what? We never heard of that. They're very established. They're basically at every major retailer now. You can actually go into a store and buy either the pillows, but their biggest item right now is their weighted blanket. I don't like weighted blankets. I can't stand anything heavy on me. But everybody's raving about this seven-pound weighted blanket from Topsy. So if you're into that, I'd go try it, I guess. So yeah, my first choice is those pillows. They're, they're, they've held up this whole time. They haven't lost their softness or their fluffiness. Easy to wash, super easy to wash. And you can actually put them in the dryer. Some pillows you're not supposed to put in the dryer. So I, I enjoy that because I'm lazy. But yeah, check them out, the Topsy Pillows. They're really good. I actually I bought an extra set for somebody for Christmas. Not in this party, this group here. But oh. Yeah, sorry. Damn. You don't get comfort. Thanks. <laughs> That's fine, because I got you the turvy pillows. Oh, no. They're full of turvies. Nice. Okay, cool. Thanks, Brian. Number three is Topsy Pillows. That's pretty wild. Would not have expected that, but cool. Use it every day. And Lupine, what is your number three? My number three is... Ain't Slayed Nobody. It's another podcast, does Cthulhu stuff. And I've actually been really enjoying their series other than the main series. The main series has been on hiatus for a while. Yeah, but they do a lot of like improv stuff. They have a series that they call like Push the Roll. It's basically about, it's like right up my alley because it's all about the chaos. They do some really fun stuff with um Cthulhu Dark. The person who developed Cthulhu Dark and is now developing Cosmic Dark actually is a regular on their podcast and runs a lot of stuff for them, Graham Walsley. And so he is uh, often voice on their show. I love particularly uh, they have, um, I think I talked about it before, the Meat Trade is one of their um, patron series. The system they play is World War Cthulhu, which actually doesn't even exist anymore because it existed briefly and it was developed by Scott Dobird and Scott runs the campaign for them. Rena ran our holiday tape. They are a voice on the meat trade and then also Cuppy Cup, the keeper of the main normal series. He does all the editing too. What was the one they did recently? They did a, they did one recently where there were, the players were femme. They played three female characters in a, basically an asylum for 
how they used to put women on asylums because we were acting funny. They didn't like it. They have the vapors. Yes, but there's something eldritch going on with the whole asylum thing. I highly recommend every single one of their side projects and also their main series. I love their main series. The first main series was Y'all of Cthulhu. <laughs> it's Down Dark Trails, so it's the western Call of Cthulhu. And I just love how fun all of the voice actors are on it and how crazy they are and their chaos is kind of right up my alley. I highly recommend Ain't Slayed Nobody and you can find them at AintSlaidNobody.com. Good number three there. Yeah, and uh, Rena obviously uh, helped us out. Uh, we had a fantastic time. Thanks, Lupine. And uh, Matt, you're up next. So my my number three uh, recommendo award, a little known game called Nerds. Uh, Nerds is, well, for one, uh, hard to explain, but think of it as multiplayer competitive solitaire. You know, oh, solitaire. How could that be multiplayer? How could that? It's it's a lot of fun. Free to play, by the way, so you have no excuse. Once you really understand the bones of the game, which doesn't take more than one or two games, uh, it becomes incredibly addictive. It is an absolute blast of a little card game, and it's just not really gotten the attention it deserves. Uh, so if you're looking for something that's fast, that's easy, that's free, uh, go download Nerds. Uh, you can find it on Steam. Let me know, because I'm, I'm always looking for more people to, to play Nerds with. Oh, that's really good, Matt. Okay, so really appreciate you sharing that. All right, uh, my number three slot goes to video games. Well, not video games per se, but a video game store. Now, over this past year, ever since joining GeForce Now, I've been boosting my library of cloud-playable video games. And while Humble Bundle has brought me savings here and there, it wasn't until I found Fanatical.com that I understood how you could obsessively gamify an online marketplace. It features customizable discount packages, frequent sales, and exclusive giveaways, but I was at first attracted to the money I'd save on the indie titles. However, once I got a taste for their mystery bundles and cheap add-ons during the checkout process, I fell hard for the impulse buys. As you're checking out, it says, eh, for $1.89, you can get three mystery games. That almost feels like it should be illegal. <laughs> That's not even the worst of it, Lupine. It's mystery, right? So you have no clue. But the thing is, when you go, it says, well, how many of those $1.89 packages would you like? And you can select up to 10. Yes. You know, sometimes I'll find something really good that I have not yet owned. And I'm like, this is cool. Or I'll find something I'm like, well, I can't use this, but maybe somebody else can. And I'll give it up for grabs. It's, it's very addictive, I have to say. But Fanatical also offers books and software, much like Humble Bundle. So I often compare and contrast the two services. Um, I did pick up some sound effects and musical cues for this podcast. So that's uh, been kind of nice for like, I don't know, 20 bucks or something. You get like just gigs and gigs of sound files. Recently, my video game library has grown almost to the straining point. And I really have fanatical.com to blame, which is why it comes at number three for me. All right, moving along to number two. Bri, what do you got? Moving on, move on down the road. Uh, mine is the lifeblood of most humans on this planet. Beanie at coffee pods. 
Coffee! I found these by happenstance. I watched a uh, video on YouTube about the waste and the regret of the gentleman who invented the Keurig and the plastic pods and how many landfills are just never going to break down because of all the plastic pods that are in them. Beaniac makes compostable coffee pods and I still don't know how they managed to be so fresh with having that little disposable sack that the coffee's held in is basically a filter that's just open to the you know elements but every single cup is great one of the biggest things i like is some people they get in their ways and they only like one flavor or just espresso but i like to try different flavors i like to try different stuff and recently they had such a good deal on 72 of their pods so i bought their french roast and i'm hooked i love it every cup is smells delicious and it tastes fantastic so but check them out at beaniac i think they're pretty much everywhere now as well um and they just released two flavors for the holidays too so um i'm gonna be ordering a 30 pack of one of those to try it out remember brian back in the day we would go crazy for traverse city cherry chocolate coffee yes all right thanks b that's pretty awesome. I, I guess I didn't expect that either. All right, Lupine, what's your number two? Okay, my number two is a book, Mexican Gothic, because I still think about that book. <laughs> They're comparing the author, Sylvia Marina Garcia's writing to uh, Daphne de Barrier and uh, Guillermo de Toro. And I would, in audition, compare it to, it really felt like, if you've ever read Shirley Jackson's We Have Always Lived in the Castle, it really felt very similar to that in that the house itself felt like there was some presence. You're following this young woman who lives in Mexico City and she's a young kind of like bohemian woman, hip, and she she gets sent out to her cousin married a man and the man is british and she's mexican so like there's that whole they're sort of transplanted onto the land kind of thing in addition the cousin and the british husband live at his like family estate it's like out in the middle of nowhere it's this giant you know british manor and it's weird <laughs> because it's a giant British manor house in the middle of the Mexican countryside. And she originally goes to like check on her cousin because her cousin isn't feeling well after the marriage, which is suspicious. But also there's a mystery about what is, what's happening to the cousin. Is there something to do with the family? Is there something to do with the house? Is there something to do with British transplants in Mexico? And they also own a silver mine. So like, is there something in the mine? Is there something about the land? There, all these questions. I just love the way that it's written. I could see the house as I was reading descriptions of it. Dark mahogany balustrades and the pictures on the walls of these ancestors, you know, staring down solemnly from the walls. And the whole house was very visible to me. I just overwhelmingly loved this book. Very folk horror very gothic horror. So I highly recommend Mexican Gothic. All right. Thanks, Lupine. Uh, I'm going to move on to my number two slot, which is, you guessed it, a horror movie. Well, actually, it's a horror flick with darkly comedic overtones, but it's also a story about two Valley Girl sisters growing up and getting along, a morality tale about the dangers of science gone awry, and a damn fine Christmas movie that stands up there with the greats like It's a Wonderful Life, Die Hard, Elf, and Gremlins. Of course, I'm talking about the one, the only, Night 
of the Comet. Now, this 1984 romp makes light of a zombie apocalypse, at least initially, but then goes down a bleak road that warms my heart every time. Now, over the decades since the release, I saw this on cable TV. Remember cable TV, kids? Remember that? No? Nobody? Nobody? I've seen it over a half dozen times, but it's always a flick that I could pop into and pop out of. But recently, it was given a restoration by Scream Factory, and boy, howdy, does it look great. Ever since watching it during the holiday season last year, we've decided that this is an annual must-watch for Christmas. It doesn't quite get me in the snowy spirit as much as John Carpenter's The Thing, but it comes damn close. And that's why Night of the Comet is number two for me. I have to watch it again now that it's restored. Uh, Matt, I did forget totally about your number two, so go ahead. What's your number two? All right. Uh, Moving up the list from three to two. Uh, My number two this year, I'm going to have to saddle Vampire Survivors. Now, I did recommend a couple of other games in the same kind of genre. This Vampire Survivors has more or less created its whole entire genre unto itself. And while there are some spinoff games that I, I enjoy a little more, I really have to give it to the, the OG, the granddaddy, the start of it all. Uh, Vampire Survivors. Yeah, it's... I guess people have started to call it a bullet heaven. It's You pick a character... And you start walking around and your your weapons just kind of start fire off on their own. And you're killing bad guys by just walking around and letting your weapons do their thing. And you're picking up money and experience and you're, you know, leveling up to get more weapons. And then you learn that you, you know, make those weapons more powerful by leveling up. And eventually, if you have two of a certain, you know, weapon and a certain item, those combine to make an even more powerful version of that weapon. And it becomes this really, really addictive, just one more, just one more, just one more, as you experiment and go, oh, I really like this. And if I pick up this weapon, it makes it even better. Or if I combine this and this, then it turns it into this. And I'm not, you know, that much of a fan. So maybe I'll go this way. And it's, it's a, it's a dopamine feed that is hard to kick. Um, not to mention it's a cheap game. There's there's really no excuse not to go in and give this a go. Uh, the devs have been really great at supporting it and continuing to add free content. Um, there are a couple of little paid DLCs, but honestly, they're worth every penny because this game is just... It's just that good. Like, this is a quintessential, like, pop in, play a couple rounds, pop out. Or it works just as well if you pop in, play a couple rounds, end up playing, you know, a couple hours or three or four hours and then pop out. It's it's something that you have to kind of to sink your fangs into to get really understand. But Vampire Survivors is 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 digital crack in one of its best forms. So, yeah. Uh, like I said, it's cheap, and it's no longer relegated to just PC. Uh, it is on consoles. It is on, you know, mobile now. Hell, you don't even have to have a PC or an Xbox or a Switch or a PlayStation. You can literally pe- play it on, on, on a mobile phone. There's nothing stopping you from from surviving some vampires of your own, and I highly, 
highly recommend you do because you will never want to stop. It's amazing, and I love it. Okay, well, that's very interesting. I did not expect that from you. All right, guys, we are now moving along to our number one spots. So, Brian, what'd you pick for your number one? I'm very curious. I'm choosing Ahsoka. Ahsoka is my second favorite character in all of Star Wars. All of Star Wars. Video games, animated series, live action, all of it. Lando Calrissian, obviously, is the first. Ahsoka is currently on Disney Plus, so I highly recommend it if you're a Star Wars fan, because there is a lot of things that happened before this series that as a Star Wars fan, I would like you to experience. Uh, We first saw her in 2008 in the animated series, The Clone Wars. She was a teenager at that time and Anakin Skywalker's apprentice. So she was a Padawan to Darth Vader. She showed up in another animated series called Star Wars Rebels, which has all of the characters from Star Wars Rebels are in the live action Ahsoka. All that survived anyway. So if you are a Star Wars fan or just getting into that, I highly recommend watching the Clone Wars movie. You don't have to watch the Clone Wars series that's animated as well, but it is very good and it covers a lot of her development and growth. But Rebels for sure, because everybody that's part of that animated series is in the live action Ahsoka. I also just found out yesterday, and I don't ever do this, but I watched the season two teaser trailer. Her character development and where she has come from, from seeing her when I was younger in 2008 to where she's at in 2024, it's pretty badass to see. And my theory is that her series is setting up the next wave of Star Wars movies, which is going to be set roughly... 40 years ahead of the originals, the original Star Wars series. So, and Rey, the main character who's the Jedi now in, in she's starting a new Jedi Order. I think the movies are going to be about that. And this, this series here is setting that up with the big baddies and all that coming into play. If you're into Star Wars, check it out. Uh, great action, fantastic actors. Yeah, it's just very entertaining. Even if, even if you just watch it for that, it's entertaining. All right. Thanks, Bri. And Lupine, what is your number one? My number one is The Ultimate in Chaos, Untitled Goose Game. I recently picked this back up. I was playing it and then, I don't know, I just let it fall by the wayside and I picked it back up. I just love all the stupid little tasks they give you. They have no reason other than you're a goose and you're being an asshole. That is my modus operandi. That is what I do. You can run around and you can flare your wings and you can honk at people and it has no purpose other than being an asshole. And it's so awesome. When you're really pissed at people, you can just go play this game and Make a guy drop his coffee cup by honking at him really loud. It's so cathartic. Maybe being a total asshole is not your thing, but no one's getting hurt, so I don't feel bad about doing these things. I just love the fact that you can do this thing and you're not trying to save the world. You're not even trying to save the princess. You're not trying to save yourself. You're doing this because it's there. It doesn't have any great reason that you're doing is it doesn't have any great consequences if you fail and you can just spend hours and hours doing this. I don't know if I would call them Easter eggs, but they're things that you can do that are beside the actual goals. 
that will get the people to do different things, like to get them to yell at you or to get them to like drop things or to get them to lock themselves out of the garden and stuff like that. This is a great right before bed game. It like releases all my tensions. I feel my shoulders just relax. If you mess up, they're not gonna like kill you or anything. They're just gonna chase you out of the yard and you're gonna have to get back in. It's so relaxing. Sometimes I just run around with a tennis ball in my mouth. There's a level um, near the beginning where you can scare a little kid by honking and waving your wings at him. And it makes me so fucking happy. So anyway, Untitled Goose Game. I recommend that people pick it up. Put it on your wish list because it doesn't go on sale a lot. But when it does, it is so worth it. Awesome. Nice. All right. Well, I'm very curious to see what Matt has. Matt, what's your number one? Yeah, I'm going to be one of those people. Baldur's Gate 3 is my favorite recommendo of the year. Not only is it a really well done game, but it is a game that you can tell has been made with love and care and a whole shitload of passion from the developers in every single aspect from the story to all the little tiny tiny little details and interactions where every time you go, huh, I bet I could do this. And, you know, oh, they definitely didn't think that somebody would do that. And then you go and do it. And it turns out there's like a whole like side quest attached to it or a bunch of, you know, dialogue and a separate cutscene, And you're like, oh, man, they really did think of that. Like you can, they're all like more than one. Let me just put it out there. There's more than one animal. If you have speak to animals on any of your characters, you can literally go and just talk to any animal in the game. Voice dialogue. Voice dialogue for all the animals. And there are even unique animals out there that have special dialogue attached to them. And there are some things. It's literally everywhere you look. It's just you can tell there's so much love and care and time put into this. And it plays really well, whether you're playing by yourself with a party of AI, party of custom characters, or you're playing with anywhere from, you know, one to three other friends where you can all make your own crazy custom characters. And it's honestly as close as you can get to playing Dungeons and Dragons without needing a a DM. You can't ever really match a true game, but it's a damn good time. Lots of fun to be have, lots of laughs to be had. Uh, You can, you know, be creative with your characters. There's really no penalty to trying something new, which I absolutely love to death. They let you basically redo your character skills at any point in the game you want. So you don't have to be afraid of, oh, you know, Googling what's the most optimal, you know, such and such a build. And, oh, what do I have to take if I'm this character and this type and I want to? No, there's there's no need for that. Just dive on in and see what happens. That's, that's half the fun is the like the emergent story, you know? So yeah, Baldur's Gate 3, a hell of a game by a hell of a studio. It is out on PC and PlayStation and Xbox is coming soon. It's uh, Baldur's Gate. That's very cool. Well, guys, in my number one spot, it's a magazine. Despite the rapid decline of appreciation for the written word, there are bastions of language still out there, waving the banner and inviting us into their camp. Such It is with the Paris Review, a quarterly publication of poetry, fiction, interviews, and art. I discovered a copy in a quaint New England shop, devoured it in days that immediately subscribed. Throughout 2023, I've been treated to four issues of hilarious slice-of-life narratives, eye-opening stanzas which evoke imagery and emotion in equal measure, 
vivid two-dimensional reproductions of paintings, sketches, and even sculpture, plus thoughtful insight into some of the best creators out there. Although much of my diet consists of creative work centered on horror, I do appreciate getting out of my own head once in a while to sample the other genres. The Paris Review connects me with a broader literary world of imagination that gives me faint hope for the human race, and that's enough to propel it to my number one recommendo. Well, guys, that's it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Twitch, YouTube, Reddit, and our Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. You can chat with me anytime at discord.lovecrafttapes.com. Speaking of dice and luck, if anybody can help me, I think I'm still dealing with some sort of Will Wheaton level dice curse. Any kind of help I could get with that would be great. You can uh, leave me a note at my link tree. Linktree slash Lupin Vendetta, all one word. Please say hi and pick up a title Goose Game. All you have to do is honk at me. You can just leave me a note that says HONK in all caps, and I will know exactly what you mean. If you put a message with my username in it on Discord, I will respond to you. I get to look at Discord maybe twice a week. It's so busy. But if you mention me or anything, I will focus on it. I promise. Until next time, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2023. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.com.